Shall we play a game? Is that a Unix book? Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. You didn't say the magic word. Ah, ah, ah. The files are in the computer? We're only using a simple polyphonetically grouped 20 square digit key transpose from booster phonic form with multiple nulls. After very careful consideration, sir, I've come to the conclusion that your new defense systems suck. So the combination is one, two, three, four, five. So it's a code breaker. No, it's the code breaker. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Tap. As always, Matt's here with you, Mike. How are you? I'm here as well. Day 100 of our forced isolation <laughs> and hope is dwindling. What is that from? I don't know. I, I, it's probably from many like Civil War era type movies. Well, before we get on with any more movie quotes or get in kind of the topics at hand, we should introduce our guest on the guest mic, on the guest remote mic, actually, Micah. So, Micah, thanks for joining. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Thank you very much, Matt. I serve as a web application developer underneath Matt and Mike working for the technical assistance program. And other than that, my exposure to cybersecurity has been growing quite a lot lately. A lot of interaction with George's team, who's been on the show before, learning more about the detailed world of cybersecurity. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you, Micah. Micah, as you as you said, we're part of Mike's team. So mm-hmm. another diva application developer in my midst. We're the beasts. Another beast. <laughs> the beasts. Yeah, so we call this group the business and tech services or something like that. So the beasts. Yes. <laughs> it's a good group. Micah, we're glad you could join us for the show today. We're just going to... Thank you. Chat a little bit. I think it'll be a fairly quick episode today, Mike. I don't want to take too much time. This recording from all no, our remote I got places room. to be. I got I got things I got to do outside this house. So. <laughs> You're not allowed to do anything outside your house. <laughs> so we, like everyone, continue to self-quarantine or to shelter in place or whatever terms you're hearing from your local government. So the state of Indiana is on lockdown. So only essential trips to town are allowed. So what have you guys, have you guys got out of the house much at all? Just grocery store? Or what have you guys been doing? I did I'd yard work. So that was about the extent of my, my distance from the house. I did get the mail every day. So that. You got the mail every day. <laughs> I got the mail every Good day. Job, so. <laughs> now, do you wipe your mail down? Like give it a little I did. clean? I actually <laughs> did. I took out a, 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 like a Clorox wipe or something and I wiped it all down before I opened it. And wiped it down after I close it for the mail person. I don't know where that person's been. They've been touching Micah, all these mailboxes up and down my street. <laughs> Micah, you said you were out a bit. I did to the grocery store once and walked much further away from people than I typically do. Yeah. And I didn't feel that bad going out. But when I got out, then I started getting worried. I mean, obviously, it was fine. But it was a weird experience. Um, Today, we had a mailman come by and we were delivering a return. So he brought receipts for it. And I opened the door as he was coming and we figured out I had to walk out set the things down, walk back inside. Then he went up and got the things and left the receipts under my doormat. I told him how weird it felt. And he jokingly yelled at me saying, why you got to be so rude, man? <laughs> that's the good, that's the good spirit. I think for the most part, I've been around people in good spirits like that. They're, it's a little tongue in cheek. I called a company today and had a long conversation with the, the lady that handles the billing at this service company that I had out to my house before this went down and I was kind of remedying this bill situation. And I mean, we probably talked for 20 minutes about how our lives are different. So it really does. I mean, we're all in the same boat and uh, we're all going through the same things, but I've, I've run into most people that are 
good spirited anyway. Toilet paper back on the shelves just as recently as Friday in our town. So things are looking up. Now, if we can just uh, bend that curve the right way and get past this, we'll look forward to getting back to work. Are, are we supposed to social distance from our family members? <laughs> that, yeah. I don't, we're not, my family's okay. not. Uh, I did, I did have maybe, that joke. Maybe I about, should let my wife back in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I had that joke. So, you know, I think it would make a good stand up bit or something about, you know, my wife social distancing from me, you know, <laughs> but no, our family's not, our family's not social distancing from each other. In fact, that's been kind of a nice, uh, you know, addition for us to spend a lot of time with my family being that I'm working at home. I've been doing more activities with my son. I think we all want to get out of the house. We've been playing outside a lot, riding bikes and we were playing catch with the football last night and running around the, our little hobby farm. My son wrecked his bike yesterday in the gravel and scraped his knee, got up, toughed it out. I was real proud of him. So it's these little, <laughs> those little fun parent moments I've been enjoying. What about you guys? Any other kind of positive outcomes from an otherwise gloomy situation? Uh, I've been doing a lot of catch up on some shows that I had on the back burner or some video game time that you don't just normally get to play. So, yeah, not a whole lot out of the ordinary, though, because of the connectivity issues, um, some stuff with friends from church has shifted. We actually started yeah. a Slack so that we have a <laughs> chat room that we can all have together and stay more connected. And we figure that's something that'll be useful even after life gets back to normal. I did air yeah, quotes. I, I realize you can't see air quotes. You, can't, yeah. you did air. Well, yeah, you did air. I saw your air quotes because yeah. we actually do have a video feed today that we're while we're recording. But uh, no, the people on the podcast can't see your, every can't see gesture. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. air quotes are audible, though. Yeah, you can kind of hear it in the inflection. You're using Slack channels. So, what other tools have we been using to stay connected? Well, at work, you know, it's it's been interesting. You know, I think we mentioned in our uh, obligatory COVID episode, if you heard that one, that we're, you know, in internal communications through Teams with external folks. It's a lot of WebEx. Um, so we're, we're definitely using those in, in our group. And I've seen some uh, kind of, I don't know, maybe, maybe more communication than we've had in even the past when we were working in the same office, it's people feel more obligated to maybe reach out to each other in this time. So that's been kind of an, another positive outcome on the work front. Have you guys noticed that as well? So for the, for the two sides, socially, the people that are part of my extended team that I only sort of dealt with from time to time now, pretty much every day we're sharing jokes, sharing pictures. There's a lot of joking going on in our team that, <laughs> you know, is. we're all here. Yeah, we, we've of. had a lot of exposure into people's personal lives that probably would never have in any other circumstance. <laughs> Lots yeah, of screenshots kind of, bring... of home offices, of pets yep. that are interfering with home offices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and today was people's spice racks. Why were, I saw <laughs> yeah, that on I, the entire team chat. I don't chat even channel. know why, why producer Jim started that. I still don't understand. the point, No. But. So he took a picture of, because our producer Jim has been out added an, a new addition to his family. So congratulations to producer Jim. Yep, congrats. But he, yeah. he took a picture, I think of the two, his two babies. And it was kind of a nice moment with the family, but then all, somebody could only focus on the perfectly organized spice rack hanging on the wall in the background. 
So it started a whole thread about spice racks, and then we saw other spice racks coming out, and then we saw one of our technical instructors. He's got a Death Star time kitchen timer on his spice rack, and so then of course that caught people's attention. Yeah, and so it's those types of things you're talking about, right, Mike? That you yep. see a glimpse into the personal life. And so my office, I've got a bunch of vintage toys out that I've been making everybody look at all my cool old Star Wars toys. Yep. Speaking of Star Wars. Yes. Is that a rancor on your shelf? I know no one else can see it, but I think that's a rancor right behind you. This is, this is the rancor from Return of the Jedi. I'm going to show Micah up close in the video. And I, if you really want, I suppose we could post it on social media if, if Eric lets us, who manages our social media. But yes, I have a rancor. I have a Tauntaun. I have the Wampa Jabba the Hutt. It's a monster shelf. Right Very now. nice. I'm going to change it out to vehicles, I think. And these are all original, uh, you know, from when I was a kid. So in my Rambo lunchbox and a Mr. T action figure are <laughs> making an appearance on my shelf right now. Very cool. So that's the social side of the team stuff. Also, just for the collaboration, I think you're right that even for work-based collaboration, that's going more smoothly. That's happening a lot more. So normally when I would just spend time Googling on my own, now I'm more likely just to pop in say, here's the thing I'm dealing with. Here's a frustration I'm facing. Anyone happen to have any advice? Because I miss talking to people. And this sort of <laughs> helps fill that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's yeah. also, I've found for conversations that I would normally have with one of our colleagues that might incorporate somebody else within the same department. And instead of having to have multiple conversations with individuals, I can just have a nice good group chat and everybody gets on the same page and we get Right. Closer to getting action items and tasks done. So that's, that's been a benefit. Yeah. I've seen that too. I've seen that with our team and it's been fun to kind of watch, you know, some, some people's personalities come out a little bit more than maybe they were in the, in, when we're in the office, other, other people are quieter on there than they are when they're in the office. So it's just a kind of a weird dynamic. It's been fun to watch, but everybody's in this same boat. So every, you know, for the most part, working professionals or working remotely out of the office or social distancing in the office or whatever it might be. And that certainly has driven up the need for telework and kind of these services that we all use like Teams, like WebEx and like Zoom. And I think that's a good transition for what we wanted to (laughs) chat a little bit about today. And Micah, as we were talking about this earlier, you, you caught on to a good quote in one of the articles about Zoom and some of the issues that they were having. Do you remember what that was? I thought it was it was perfect and it'll transition us nicely into unpacking the news about Zoom. The very first line of an article summarizing this said, wow, this past week has been a pretty long year for Zoom. (laughs) Which is a great line. So let's unpack it a little bit. To start things off, to unpack the news about Zoom and to kind of allude to what Micah was saying about the long the long year they've had in the past week, <laughs> which is, again, a great line. <laughs> Zoom has kind of been under new scrutiny, I would say. Its popularity is rising. It's been rising even before the COVID-19 pandemic. But right now, with some of the things that they're doing in this, in the kind of web conferencing, telework, classroom space, it's brought new light and caused new scrutiny, right, <laughs> Scrutinuity. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we have to for tell a side story. May be cons- <laughs> for those that may be wondering where that word comes from, we uh, we had a, a healthcare-related uh, interactive course <laughs> module created by a third party, and part of it was was a voiceover uh, for accessibility purposes. 
So we, we did some auditing uh, for a completely different reason uh, as it pertains to this material. And, and anyway, the, it was supposed to be scrutiny, as, as you can understand. The person who did the voiceover did scrutinuity. <laughs> scrutinuity. So, and, and it bypassed everybody else's audit. It just kind of came back to IT. And we're like, do we say anything? It's, it's been out for a while now. And <laughs> nobody's caught on to it. So, so they, they we were decided talking to about- leave it, I think. They were talking about doing something with scrut with I can't even say the right word anymore because I always <laughs> use scrutinuity with scrutiny, and they, they use the word scrutinuity. So delicious irony, I suppose. There. How okay? So back on to task. So we want to talk about this this last couple of weeks that Zoom has had. It hasn't been a great time for Zoom from a cybersecurity perspective, and if you want to kind of keep track of all of these news articles that are coming out. Let me recommend uh, a blog post from Rapid7, the author's Todd Beardsley, which, I mean, Beardsley, got to love a guy with a last name Beardsley. I feel like my name, last name should be Beardsley. Uh, you guys can't see me, but I do love my beard. Okay, so Todd Beardsley, Rapid7, the, the title is Dispelling Zoom Bugbears, What You Need to Know About the Latest Zoom Vulnerabilities. And this article runs through kind of a chronological release of these major issues with Zoom over the past couple of weeks. And so they're, they're, each what one is the an heck is a bugbear? Yeah, I don't know. That's in the title. I have never Dispelling heard that term bugbear. So it usually refers to monsters, just like stuff that gets into your code, kind of like gremlins. But then they're also a well-established monster in like Dungeons and Dragons now. Bugbears? Bugbears, yeah. They're gigantic, furry creatures that are related to goblins. This is why we brought Micah on. Thanks, Micah. If you could, my my hands are kind of in the praise. (laughs) (laughs) Mike and I would have been totally lost on that reference. We had to go super nerd. For bugbears to pull out the Dungeons and Dragons reference. So thank you, Micah, for saving us on that one because our 17 listeners would have you know, thought less of us had we not known what that is. No, we have a couple hundred listeners, just so you know. We're excited about that. We appreciate them. Okay, so back to the article. It goes kind of section by section, almost a chronological order of how these things have come out. And the titles of you know the major issues, you know, Zoom leaking data to Facebook zoom and end-to-end encryption or the lack thereof i added the lack thereof part zoom and unc pads if you want to take a look at some of these major issues that zoom has had i'd really recommend this article uh blog post from rapid seven you know there's some major things here so as they you know zoom says they're doing end-to-end encryption but that may not be the case some of these other major kind of zero day flaws that we've seen with Zoom and the ability on uh, OSX on a Mac to take over the webcam and the microphone, uh, you know, so someone could listen in and see in without you knowing. I mean, these are major issues that are addressed in this blog post. But I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about two of the lighter side issues, because I think we're trying to keep things a little bit light in this crazy time. And that's (laughs) Zoom bombing and then videos being exposed online. So... Mike, what is Zoom bombing from what you can tell from some articles we've had? So from, from what I can tell, Zoom bombing is, is because Zoom has a very simplistic naming convention that it utilizes for its IDs, for its unique identifier. And so people are just kind of randomizing some Zoom paths in order to try to, to cash in or, or, or log into a, a Zoom session. So then they try to hijack the session by presenting some illicit 
video or pictures or being just a general nuisance taking over control for screen sharing, you know, that kind of activity. And I think it's even, it's even easier than that, Micah, right? Didn't we see, I mean, there's a lot of people just publishing their Zoom meetings online. If somebody was saying, you know, here's a public meeting that we're going to have for our community or for our club, whatever the case, they just post it publicly. Anyone that can find the link can get in. And the thing is that if you have a password set to your Zoom, you can still generate a link that has the password embedded in the URL (laughs) because that way, if they send an email directly to someone, well, that's convenient. They don't have to type it in. They can just click on that link. But if you take that link and post it publicly, it doesn't matter that you have a password. Anyone can find it. Yeah. So so basically, people are making it really easy to get into Zoom meetings. And that means people with a bad intention, people that are, you know, kind of scumbags can get in (laughs) to these Zoom meetings with no problem whatsoever. It's not hacking. They're just walking through an open door. I was looking for some some samples out there of people that have been Zoom bombing and then recording it for entertainment purposes. And there are a number of folks out there doing this kind of as sport right now. They'll find public meetings, like Micah said, or they'll be a little bit more advanced and try to, you know, try to find their way into some Zoom meetings without knowing the address. But it, it, it's interesting. It's a pain for the people that are in the meetings trying to conduct business. Um, and I'm not encouraging it in any way, but I will say I rather enjoyed some of the videos. They did make me <laughs> laugh. Um, even though I think you, you captured it, Micah, yeah, it's kind of a scumbag move. The fact that you can get to the videos kind of elicits another aspect to what we were talking about with, with finding these soap opera related videos that are just hosted <laughs> out in the public. Yeah, so if you if you want to know more about Zoom bombing, before we move on to the videos that are exposed, there's a good article on Fortune. Uh, so it's Fortune.com. The title it's the title Zoom meetings keep getting hacked. Here's how to prevent Zoom bombing on your video chats, and that is by uh, David Morris. It was published just a couple of days ago, April second. So, Mike, what you were talking about with the videos being exposed, there's a Washington Post article called it's titled "Thousands of Zoom Videos." video calls left exposed on open web. And this is an, this is a article by Drew Harwell. Interesting article here where, you know, not only are people getting zoom bombed, but some people are actually putting their videos out from their private meetings. I think not necessarily on purpose. Sometimes it is on purpose on third party services like Vimeo, YouTube, things like that. And you can search for zoom videos and find all sorts of interesting content. And I was, I agree. Some of them are a bit like watching a soap opera. I, I took a look at what was out there, kind of verifying what this article said. There's a lot of weird stuff out there. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a dressing down by the leader of an organization to a, a conference room full of people that looked shell shocked. I, I almost felt bad for him. And I, I felt bad for watching the video. I mean, it was just a public video. I wasn't, I didn't do anything nefarious <laughs> to find this video other than figure out how to search for these things online. So it's a, it's weird. And I think, you know, Micah, you were making a good point before we got on the show today that uh, I think this is, there's some easy, there's some easy ways to avoid this. Yeah. So most of the things that we're talking about are really just not using best practices or not fully understanding the tool. Now, there have been some real technical issues that you sort of alluded to, and we're not going into those right now. But like when it comes to Zoom bombing, properly only setting it to the people you want involved, making sure that people that join besides the host can't just screen share without permission, stuff like that. 
helps pretty much put the kibosh on that. And then for the video thing, not using the recording or making sure the recording is done locally rather than done to the cloud. Then again, having a cloud recording service with no password protection seems like an oversight on Zoom's part. (laughs) Yeah, I'm willing to say. Yeah, I'd say so. I think Zoom has to be responsible for a number of these things and can do some things better in this age. But there's some common sense that goes here. So if you don't want your your video public, don't save it to the cloud and then then publish it without protecting it (laughs) on Vimeo or or wherever. That's a good good advice. All of these shortcomings, uh, what I was reading, uh, Zoom has put a 90-day feature freeze on any yes, I saw future that. development in order to try to address these problems. Yeah, and in further to further that in Zoom's defense, when the really technical um, issues have come out, so the things like the OSX pad or uh, the OSX um, issues with being able to take over webcams, or the escalation of privileges, or um, some of the other items that were mentioned in that Rapid Seven blog, they've done their diligence to patch those right away. So these are researchers that have found real technical vulnerabilities and they're working on patching those right away. So to Zoom's credit, they're responding and they could not have predicted this additional scrutinuity (laughs) in their program. (laughs) The Rapid7 article goes into that. They say that they happily use Zoom and that what they demonstrate from Zoom is competence and active willingness to try to work on these things and to fix it. So they're not jumping on the bandwagon saying, wow, this thing is malware and everything is terrible. They're saying, here's real issues. Here's what's been reported. And here's how zoom is handling it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So So, yeah, we did. It's a really good perspective. Yeah. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to appear as if we're just attacking zoom. I think we're using it for the lighter side of cybersecurity right now for this podcast. And it's a bit, they're a bit of a punching bag out there in the world, but they're trying, they're working on some of these vulnerabilities and a lot of it has to go back, Micah, as we were saying, um, to the end user, right? So you have to look at the settings, teach yourself how to use these tools, especially if you're going to have some kind of, uh, meeting with sensitive information or where personal identifiable information, PII might be presented. You need to protect that meeting because you'd never know who could be watching if you do it wrong. Right. And so I think that's, that's going to be critical. I, but I got to tell you this, the, the idea of zoom bombing is a bit like high school hijinks to me. It reminds me of, you know, just, you know, the gags you might play in a high school classroom. And so it's no surprise that as all these schools are going to e-learning, we're seeing a ton of high school hijinks in these Zoom meetings. And I was down the rabbit hole of YouTube watching some of those and getting, honestly, a pretty good kick out of some of these kids acting like morons because I myself acted like a moron on a number of occasions. I know uh, now as a leader of this, the CyberTap organization, that doesn't surprise those who've been around me a long time that I was... acted like a a moron in high school. But I got to tell you, I want to tell you one story. So I couldn't hack a Zoom or do something ridiculous on a Zoom meeting because we didn't have those when I was in high school. But we did have something called Channel One. Did you guys have Channel One in school? Do you know what that is? So it was a TV and like a VCR in every room. And there was a 15 minute news broadcast every single day. And it just so happened there was a bunch of like MTV VJs that went from channel one to MTV or MTV to channel one, whatever it was. And so you'd see some of these recognizable folks and it was just kind of a current events news program for high schools. And so that would come on automatically at a designated period through the day. Well, I had a universal, a universal programmable remote that I would bring to school with me. And every time we had a substitute teacher and channel one would come on, 
I would immediately shut it off. And so they'd have to walk over and turn the TV back on. And then I would slowly start to raise the volume until it got so loud. And then they'd go over and start turning it down. And then I'd turn it all the way down. And so then they turn it up and I turn it all the way up and inevitably someone would go, Matt's got a remote, you know, <laughs> and, and rat me out or whatever. But those were the kind of fun shenanigans that I would have. And, the, and what I see in some of these zoom meetings for these zoom classes, they're far worse. Some of them, but some of them are, you know, this kind of just shenanigans, but that's kind of what zoom bombing is. If you want to protect yourself from shenanigans, you gotta, you gotta be on your game. I think. Absolutely. Well, I think that's all we had on today's agenda for the show. So we wanted to talk a little bit more about how we're coping with COVID, the things that we're doing to stay in communication and how those well, communication methods leads to a number of other weird stuff. Coping with the side effects of, of living in an environment with COVID. I don't think any of us personally have been contracted no. the disease or any. So I feel we're healthy. all good from that perspective. <laughs> living in the age of COVID, I should have said, maybe. There you go. All right. Yeah, no, I we're we're we've been lucky. We've been fortunate. The team's staying healthy. The our families are staying healthy, and we hope that all of our listeners are as well. We appreciate them continuing to to check in with us. I want to thank Micah for joining, saving us on the bear. Yep. What was it? Bed bugs? Thank you, no, Micah. bear Bug bears. Bug bears. bears. <laughs> Bed bugs. Whatever it was. <laughs> Thanks for saving us on that one. We appreciate you joining for the first time. Always, thank you very much. Always, I was yeah, happy to be here. To have folks on. And we, we appreciate our listeners. Uh, if you're listening to us through Apple Podcasts, go give us a, a rating. You can do that through Apple Podcasts. We'd love to get some feedback from you. We'd love to hear from you. As usual, we, we end these shows just about the same way every time. We would love yeah, to communicate with our listeners. Hopefully by now you, you know what to do, but we'll just keep asking because we, we need yep. the, the, the connection. That's right. Subscribe and follow on your favorite uh, podcast listening medium. And then you can always reach out to us on email through Mike. Cybertap podcast at Purdue.edu. Take care. Thanks. Thanks.